I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Um, and, and Perry Spencer can agree to this. With the late night Sunday show, I had been, uh, I think the term would be I have pushed back on a lot of Monday remotes just because, I mean, let's face it. I literally, I don't get off the air till 1 a.m. I, I can't sleep once the show is over, either rage because of something stupid that my partner Arnie Spanier said or, you know, you're, you're kind of on a high whenever you get done doing a radio show. I mean, unless you're doing an overnight show, unless I'm doing like 1 to 5 a.m. where I just fall asleep as soon as the show's over. Uh, 10 to 1A, you got a lot of juice, got a lot of energy. It's a fun show. It's a high-action show. I hope you guys all listen to it here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. But I used to push back big time against Monday remotes. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of digging this. I'm kind of digging a Monday in Newcastle. I mean, I don't know... I don't know what it would take to make this a regular thing. I don't know how often Ted is here in the afternoon, but we're spending today National Championship Monday at Newcastle Casino just outside the Front Row Sports Bar and Grill. My man Jackson. By the way, Jackson probably saved my day because Jackson, um, who is the main man here at Front Row, he had the station on, so I heard the it's time for the crossover, and I don't know what kind of excusinator 5000 this is, but here we go. I hate this table, TJ. I hate this table with every single core fiber of my body. You know which table I'm talking about, right, Josh? It's the table where you've got to, like, pull the legs up. And I know that sounds very simple, but there's those little push pins yes. where you got to pull it up. And oh. then you, you pull it up one, and then you got to pull it up one more. And then after you do the other one side, you got to go back and do the other side. And it's just... It's really... Rrr. It's really designed to be a two-person job. Exactly. But we're here, uh, and I'm sorry for running a little late to the crossover. But I, I feel like, so on this Monday, on this Monday where we have a championship game to talk about, uh, I, I was thinking about this driving in, and you and I could sit here and talk for three hours today on Week 18 of the NFL if we wanted to. We could talk uh, three hours previewing the playoffs, talking coaching carousel, things of that nature. We could we could spend the whole show previewing the national championship game we could probably spend the whole show talking OU Texas Tech if we wanted to from Saturday night but I do feel like as a home of Sooner fans I need to follow through on that commitment right I need to do a better job of saying okay you know during the football season Mondays were nothing but OU football right it was three hours where we didn't really dive into anything else in the college football world unless what someone had thrown in a text about it um, or, or there was something that really was relevant to the Big 12 and specifically Oklahoma. So Monday's was and, and has been nonstop OU football talk. And I feel like, Josh, for you and I, I feel like we've already done a show. I mean, what do we have, about a 45-minute podcast we did last night for Locked On Sooners? Is that right? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, we got uh, the feet wet last night, right? Yeah, right. So and, and in doing that, so... Full disclosure, I guess, what, what would you say? We taped around 8.40, 8.30 last night? Mm-hmm. So I came away from that taping. And, again, OU men and women, college basketball, big wins this weekend. We're going to hear the post-game interview, our conversations, our portions of it. Are there press conferences so we don't get in trouble with Ginny Bronchek and, and Brian Brinkley? Or, <laughs> Ginny Bronchek and Brian Brinkley. Uh, and then on the men's side, 
with Porter Moser and Toby from Courtside in Lubbock. Hear a little bit of, of both of those coming up here later on in the program, plus what it means going forward in that full view of college basketball. Yes, we have a national championship game to talk about tonight, but as we welcome you into the Plank Show on a Monday, in Hour 1 brought to you by Van Hoos Fence, live from Newcastle Casino, Josh, all I wanted to talk about was the team – I don't think team building is the proper term. The roster building, the personnel shifts, the who's in and who's out after we talked to OU football last night. I mean, I, I get it. It's basketball season. I get it. Softball and, and baseball are right around the corner. But I'm going to tell you right now, man, I am – I'm pretty pumped about what Oklahoma is currently doing in the portal, and I guess there's a part of me that, you know, maybe they're a little bit more involved than I expected them to be, but it's not to the degree where I'm like, they're too involved. Does that does that make sense and kind of jive with your thinking? They've went and got players that are we think are definitely capable of helping them. They haven't Correct. went and got... 17 players, right? They're not just adding names to add names. Obviously, there's a, a limit to the number of players that they could add out of the transfer sure. portal. But, yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. They're, they're getting players that fit what they want to get accomplished here, whether that's, uh, you know, simply based on, you know, talent, portfolio, or need. And uh, and we saw another one of those yesterday. That was huge news to get Rondell Bothroyd. I'm, I'm very grateful for one thing this morning, Josh. I'm very grateful for how quickly you were able to understand the proper pronunciation of Bothroyd's name. Because um, there was a part of me when I first looked at it, I was like, Bothrod? Bothroyd? But Rondell Bothroyd, again, you know, we... We'll sit here and I'll say things like, and I really like what this guy projects at as an edge and put him in Miguel Chavis's room. And, and inevitably there'll be someone that's like, oh, he's got to bulk up and be a defensive tackle. You don't know what you're talking about. Or they're going to put him at Cheetah and he's going to, I'm like, oh, okay, that's why I was even hesitant whenever we talked about it last night because I saw this addition from the portal, Josh, and I thought, you know what? They're getting some dudes that can do what? Get after the quarterback in Deshaun McCullough. I don't care where you play him. I don't care where you put him. He is a dude that has a nose for the football and to what? Get after the quarterback. Trace Ford, whenever he's healthy, what is he? He's a dude that can get after the quarterback. Rondell Bothroyd, what has he shown at Wake Forest? He is a dude that can get after the quarterback. So, in Bothroyd being the most recent, we'll get his numbers here in just a second, but I can tell you something, man. I... I really dig what they've done on that defensive line, and we'll see where the parts fit and whose room they end up in. I, I didn't even mention Jacob Lacey, right? That's a guy that on the interior you need in what, if you want to be as multiple as what Oklahoma wants to be defensively, what do you need? You need dudes who can just eat up the middle of the offensive line. You need your, uh, well, I was watching, and I know that this is, you know, pie in the sky, but. I was watching a little bit of Georgia's game against Ohio State, and, you know, it's funny because you'll get fired up about dudes as, as draft prospects, and then they won't put up big numbers. You're like, well, he didn't have big numbers. But I watched Jalen Carter be a problem all night long 
for Ohio State. Now, I'm not here to tell you that Oklahoma brought in Jalen Carter. That's not even close to what they might have in, uh, I, I mean, we'll see, but it's not necessarily the projection of the dude they're bringing in from, from Notre Dame. But you're not necessarily reaching. I think to me, Josh, you're going out and you're getting guys to fit, I don't want to say desperate needs, but pressing needs. And you're getting guys that have shown they can do the one thing that it seemed like Oklahoma really struggled with. Yes, I know the tackle for losses were high, but they're it just seemed in key moments they couldn't get after the quarterback like Britton Venables and Ted Roof want them to. So I see some of these moves. I see these guys, and it gets me fired up for what they can do when it comes to getting after the quarterback. I think it's a pretty clear indication that the coaching staff feels that way too. They've sure. looked at, assessed the situation, and said, you know what, in the transfer portal, if we can get somebody that can come in and rush the passer, I know, novel concept, but they went and got right. three of those guys right now. So, obviously, Oklahoma feels like they, they needed to get that accomplished, whether it was McCullough, whether it was Ford, whether it's Rondell Bothroyd now. They needed folks that could come in that uh, have a proven track record. Hey, we get into the backfield, we live in the opponent's backfield, and guess what? Here's the other novel concept. They bring the quarterback down, right? They, sure. they yeah, get opportunities exactly. to get there and get them down when, when given said opportunity. Great point. You know, when you get that chance, you take care of it. So here's here's my current big board and what we have on the ref portal slash roster update. Now, one potential Sooner target ended up going in another direction in Matthew Lee over the weekend, the offensive lineman out of UCF. He decided that he was just going to go to Miami and, you know, I – you and I talked about this on the pod last night. I, I had to the point where I was so excited about the potential of Matthew Lee. In my mind, Josh, I had, okay, so you're going to move Rame to guard, let this guy be your center, and Rame might be more natural there, and he doesn't have to overthink too terribly much. I mean, now you've got to – and then lo and behold, he ends up going to <laughs> to Miami. But if, if my numbers are right – and, again, there's always that disclaimer – and you guys, there's some of you that are living this as, as well with us, and maybe even, you know, just to be honest, more thoroughly. I know that uh, the the Stoops brothers over on Sooner Scoop have been all over this, so if if they want to get hired onto the show, I'm sure I can find a paying role to help us keep tabs of those who have portal <laughs> portal offers and those who don't. Because again, in this disclaimer, you usually only know a portal offer if they let you know it, if you see it on social media, or if you happen to catch that they're visiting. So I see, what, five guys out there right now that are still in the mix for Oklahoma. And, and like I said, some of these, something might have dropped it. Andrell Anthony, the wide receiver out of Michigan, um, has an OU offer, and I think he was on campus. Devon Sears, we're still waiting. Seems like Sears, Josh, is really enjoying playing this game right now. And I don't mean that as a negative. I'm just saying this is a guy that, you know, has posted all the pictures of, hey, here's here's me in this uniform. I think what Penn State is in on Devon Sears right now. He's Tennessee. the guy that really seems – Tennessee's in. So I think he's someone that's really enjoying this. And that's fine. I'm not knocking it at all. Um, Tyler Broden, the wide receiver out of Bowling Green. Um, Jake Roberts, the tight end out of North Texas. And then, of course, maybe of those four that we mentioned, you have this fit that we know of, and I'm sure there's others. In Walter Rouse, 
And that's um, that's probably when you start thinking about where the Sooners have a need on the offensive line, just assuming that might be the potential biggest get you could have out there right now in bringing in a guy who was an established starter at Stanford and at times pack all Pac-12 performer. Agreed. Somebody that's played that much football out there because of the Sexton injury entering next season, because of the fact that Anton Harrison, Wanye Morris are moving on from Oklahoma. It's a position of high priority and need for OU. So that should be, I would think, very attractive to Walter Rouse. I know that he's looking at both Nebraska and Iowa and I think maybe several others as well. And look, uh, you know, those other two, I Iowa's got a nice little track record with offensive linemen, but Look, the opportunity, the appeal to come play at Oklahoma, I would think, with all due respect, a little bit more prestigious than either of those two. Agreed. Agreed. So that's that's what happened on the portal, in the portal over the weekend. Sooners added an edge rusher to go with two other additions at that position or about that position, and Deshaun McCullough and Trace Ford. Now it looks like they're going to continue to try to fortify the interior of that defense. You have Jacob Lacey. We'll see what happens with uh, over the next couple of days and whether or not you get something from Devon Sears. Uh, and then obviously on the offensive line, on Friday they did add Caleb Schaefer, young man out of Miami of Ohio. Now today we'll wait and see if we get anything from Walter Rouse. In the meantime, at 9.17 on the Plank Show, before we get into the uh, Sooners' win on the road in Lubbock over Texas Tech before we talk about the OU women knocking off Iowa State at home and obviously before we dive into a wild week 18 in the NFL a crazy finish welcome to the offseason of Aaron 2.0 and oh yeah by, by the way we have playoffs coming up so we got previews including a wild weekend schedule Josh let's talk about something we told you we thought was going to happen that did and I'm not sitting here trying to beat my chest picking Oklahoma to go win at Texas Tech. I'll leave that to other people. But we were worried about Marvin Mims. It came to fruition. He's turning pro. What does it mean for the receiver room? We'll get into it next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. We're at Newcastle Casino on this Monday with the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Front Row Sports Bar. We're located right out in front of Front Row Sports Bar. If you want to come by a Front Row Sports Bar, if you want to come by and say, hey. A uh, couple of things, too. We're counting down to the national championship game. I've got a full preview coming up at 10 a.m. this morning. I, uh, I I talked to a couple of the beat guys this weekend, and as you might imagine, there is incredible optimism on both sides. There is no, oh, my gosh, how do we stop Georgia from TCU, though I did see this incredible number this morning, Josh Helmer, and I don't even know how this is truly possible. But according to Sonny Dykes this morning, he's only had four players on the team who had even played in a bowl game before last week. How is that even possible at TCU, who I have a whole segment carved out after they win uh, if they win when they probably don't win, but about how they're not a Cinderella, how it's a cool story, but technically if you've been paying attention, it's a really, really good program, and it has been. You know, they've been on the cusp of the playoffs three times in the play three times in the playoff era. 
right? If it wasn't for Baker and OU, I mean, that team was a problem in 17, right? And Baker and, and Rodney Anderson had his massive game in that first half against TCU, one of the best performances by a running back that I've seen in a half of football, Rodney Anderson against TCU in that home game. It was incredible in 17. But you go back to the Andy Dalton year. I know we're really going back now in numbers that years that start with 1-9. But I'll tell you what, dude, it's it's not necessarily a team that hasn't put itself in position of playing big games. So how in the world do they only have four players on the team that have even played in a bowl game before last week? So were they one of the bowl games that didn't get played in the 2020 yes. season? Yes. I yes. got you. Okay, <laughs> that that makes sense. So they qualified but didn't play the game. 19-21, obviously, both of those two seasons uh, did, did not go as expected, right? So, no, that's, that's a right. wild statistic for a program that we think of as having been very, very competitive for the most part. I know they had several downer years, but to think that, I mean, basically, Plank, you're saying they've got a graduation cycle without exactly. playing a bowl game is, is kind of wild. Crazy. And even, you know, it also it also speaks to some of the guys they've brought in because, you know, I think that it's fair to say we've, we've not necessarily had a debate but maybe a disagreement that, honestly, I've, I've done a 180 on as it pertains to the players or, or the way this team was built. And maybe, you know, I just hear this kind of mantra of, well, you know, this isn't really a team that's been built by the portal. They just had a little top off. Eh. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I think I look around and I see a lot of portal guys that came in this year and last that have made a major difference in this team. So it's it also speaks to the kind of portal guys they're bringing in. Because a guy like a Johnny Hodges from Navy – Right, I mean, he they're playing in a bowl game. Um, all right, actually, he might be one of the guys that did, but you're not going out and bringing in dudes from Bama and dudes from Georgia that are getting out of there. They're taking some chances on some guys. Now, a little different in this transfer cycle for TCU, but anyway, we got a full preview coming up at 10 a.m. I, um, full disclosure, I can't get on the text page, so this might be the best day ever for the show for me. I for some, There is an incident that has been posted to the status page so I, I just might have a good, chill day without the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. That might, be, that might be all frustration on Josh. Might save you from getting blocked. Say all the mean things you want until I get my access back. <laughs> Stretch your legs, um, people. Today's the day. Yeah, exactly. So uh, on Friday afternoon, on Friday morning, we kind of started to get a heads up that we were going to hear something from Marvin Mims. And... I think you can ask about everyone on the station. I, I ramped up. I'm like, hey, Steel Man, be ready. I think I even texted Ted to said, I think you might get something from uh, from Marvin Mims today. And sure enough, as we expected, he turned pro. Now let's look at this from like three, three quick prongs here real quick. Number one, I don't know what his grade said. You know, there had been rumors, and, and that's between Marvin and whomever he decides to tell or his inner circle and whom they tell. There had been rumors that it was like a day three uh, grade that he had been given. So I, I, I don't know. But in in everything that started to come to light when we were in Orlando, Josh, just for Marvin, it seemed like, hey, I don't know if I'm really going to, to make a, a dramatic leap in, in another year of college. I want to play pro football. Um, I'm healthy. Listen. Marvin got dinged up last year. 
okay? And I know every single player gets dinged up. But, I mean, he even got hurt in the bowl game and I think came in and, what, ran one more route late, late in the game after his big catch. So Marvin Marvin played hurt a lot of the year. So maybe for him, too, um, staying healthy and wanting to be healthy uh, for a shot at the NFL, maybe that started to surface a bit. I, I know he had talked to a couple of the guys that have already moved on and decided to declare for the NFL draft, and I think that may have had a major role in some of his decision-making and that, hey, you know, here's this is all football all the time. So just of the three prongs to talk about it, Josh, for Marvin, if you decide to turn pro and you play in the bowl game, um, if you're comfortable with it, who am I to say whether or not you're making a mistake? They want, He wants to go. Go be it. Go. What's everyone's thing that they've been saying on Twitter since? Go be great, Marvin. Go be great. So I think he will. I think he'll have a nice NFL career. Don't think he's ever going to be a number one receiver, but don't think he's just chopped the liver out there by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, it's just tough to say because we don't know how the other hypothetical would have played out. And right now we don't know where he's getting drafted at. He could go out and really impress at pro day and, you know, the combine and everything and then wind up being a second, third-round pick. Or he could be that day three selection, come off the board fourth round. I it would surprise me if he's much lower than that just because I don't – I mean, how many other wide receivers – like we can sit here and kick it around and talk about, okay, the measurables are only this or that with Marvin Mims. The guy's produced at a, in a big-time way in college football, and to me he's still one of the best wide receivers in this draft class. Is he going to be a bona fide NFL wide receiver number one? No, probably not, but I think that he's going to be somebody that can catch a lot of passes and – be a legitimate rotation wide receiver for somebody at the next level. All of which is to say we don't know where he's going to wind up yet. So the idea of him coming back, it's hard to say ah, you, you made the wrong decision or the right decision either way. For him, it's probably the right decision because if you're, if you're just leaning that way even a little bit, Plank, just go be great. Go be great and yeah. make that money. Go, go be great, Marvin. Um, if, if you're wondering just about overall kind of feel of the receiver position – it is viewed as a relatively deep NFL draft at the wide receiver spot. Uh, in fact, you're going to watch tonight one of the guys who is projected to be one of the top receivers to go in Quentin Johnston. Quentin Johnston is a guy that we've watched all year long. He's projected as the first receiver off the board right now. Uh, and in just kind of perusing through CBS Sports mock draft that they have, they've got you know four, maybe five wide receivers that are potential first-round picks. So, you know, you, you start thinking about where he can slot in. Day one might be tough, but keep an eye on, on day two and, and hopefully before day three. So Marvin's gone. Number two, um, there's a legacy conversation because his numbers are pretty damn incredible, but I don't think that's a prong that we need to get into for a minute, right? I, I feel like there's – a couple of receivers that have played over the last few years that we we don't necessarily give that proper historical context to because either you know they they didn't play a fourth year that put them in position to set records and be in the record books but what they've done at the next level is proven all right they do pretty special you know cd lamb spencer Sam, spencer sanders sorry um oh gosh uh, why, why am I blanking on number three for the plated plated heritage hall? What is wrong with me? 
Marquise Brown, Holly, Sterling Shepard. Ster, Sterling Shepard, thank you. I had Spencer Sanders on my brain. Sterling Shepard. Um, I'm in Hollywood Brown. There's other. I mean, there's there's dudes that don't necessarily probably get that proper kind of historical context in what they did and what they were able to accomplish. But you, you know that you know that they're going to be among the best, the uh, greats that we talk about in an Oklahoma uniform, when we talk about the receiver position, you know, in 10 to 15 years from now, there's a conversation about where Marvin Mims fits in that conversation. Where does he fit when we talk about, you know, the Ryan Broyles and the Tinker Owens of the world and the great receivers, the Mark Claytons that put on the Oklahoma Sooner uniform. But the third prong is one that we can talk about today, Josh, and I'm putting a wrap on Marvin Mims' declaration. It is definitely a position of concern, right? Now, I know... We went back and forth on this a little bit on the Air Comfort Solutions text line on Friday because there's some of you that look at it and say, oh, I'm, we should be fine. You know, think about Drake Stoops coming back, Jalil Farouk, Nick Anderson, Jaden Gibson, You know, some of these young guys coming in. I, 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 think, I think Oklahoma's going to be fine. I, am, I think I've even seen as far as I am not worried about the receiver position. I'm glad you're not. Because I'm not going to lie, I kind of am. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I like L.V. Bunkley Shelton. I really like Gavin Freeman. I think he's got a chance to be a really good uh, wide receiver at the collegiate level, if not further. You know, he's he's a he's a good football player. Um, J.J. Hester, the kid that transferred in from Missouri. I feel like though, Josh, there's still a lot of unknown at that position, and there's still that question of, all right, who's is L.D. Washington going to be the guy who coaches them, right? Do they have their coach for 2023? It, it would appear that, you know, just based on kind of following Twitter and not hearing much about it, that maybe he is going to be the guy. But I'm not going to slam dunk anything until after the national championship game is over and we see if Malcolm Kelly ends up in this mix or not. But, I, again, I, I had a – one of the first texts to the show on the super secret textoso line was, what are we actually doing to help strengthen our offense? <laughs> and I feel like this is why you're seeing such a massive push at the portal at the receiver position, right? You know, you go through it from Dwayne Singer, Dante Cephas, Rara Thompson, Trey Harris, Xavier Raphael, now Tyler Broden, Andrew Anthony, and the, the kid out of Cal that just put his name. I mean, there's eight receivers, seven for certain that we know Oklahoma had an offer out to, potentially an eighth. I mean, they've identified it as a program that they want to solidify, and they don't just want to go get scraps out of the portal. They've been swinging for the fences. So, Josh, looking forward now, that final prong of the Marvin Mims conversation, how should we feel about that receiver room? How much of the future is tied into landing a couple of those wide receivers before this transfer portal window is done? Do you think that that's connected at all? Sure. I absolutely do. And, and then, you know, I, I don't know. Here's a question. Do you, if, if you're still kind of portal hunting at this point, right, do you maybe just say, let's pull back a little bit and let's wait and see what happens in that spring? I mean, or, or can you just not risk that? In other words, I'm not going to pretend to have sat here and broke down all the tape on, on Tyler Broden or, you know, it seems they're pretty hard, uh, hot for, 
for Andrew Anthony. So I think if they get him, they're going to, you know, they want to go get him. But do you maybe wait? Is there a potential coaching change that could happen? Could there be a, a player that gets frustrated? I, I, I mean, do you are you balls to the wall on these, you know, two or three guys left at the receiver position that you have offers out to? Or, Josh, are you kind of slow playing a little bit to say, all right, Let's see what Jaden Gibson, Nick Anderson can do, and let's see if maybe even a bigger name pops in the portal in the spring, or is that, I don't know, what, what we're all sitting here doing at Newcastle Casino uh, on the penny machines, is that kind of maybe gambling a little bit? Yeah, probably gambling a little bit. I think <laughs> there's such a need for Oklahoma to bring in a couple of wide receivers if they can because of a lot of what we've talked about, right? Mims moving on because Gibson and Anderson – I am optimistic about their futures, but the bottom line sure. is not, neither one of those two guys was a difference maker one season in the books, and you're sort of pretty heavily counting on one of those two guys really stepping up into next season. Now, I think that's fully possible of happening, but again, when you're living in a world where you haven't seen that production yet, can you wait? No, I don't think so. I think it's too high a priority and need for Oklahoma that you get those guys on campus if you can with the understanding, Plank, that – Probably every year at the end of the spring, you'd like to have a couple scholarships available as just a just-in-case. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you do? I mean, what do you do if, let's say, you go ahead and you get Andrew Anthony, and then all of a sudden, you know, you have a Jordan Addison-type situation? I know everyone, oh, you find, you'll find room for him. I, I, I get that, but, you know, Coach B works a little differently than you or I do. Like I, I remember the, you know, whenever Oklahoma got the defensive line signing on signing day, and I'm like, ah, that probably means that, you know, DJ Hicks is out because uh, if they were offering and if this guy got an OU offer, I, I didn't think that they would go get Hicks. So like, oh, they'll they'll find a place for him. They'll get a. I mean, I understand that's how you and I feel about it, but you know, there is something to be said about all right, you. Let's say you get Bowden, Broden or Anthony, Broden being the wide receiver out of Bowling Green and Anthony out of Michigan. You know, if you're still out portal hunting, you are kind of maybe, depending on the message you sent to them. Now, now again, I, I'll pause that take right there just for a second and say you're not necessarily kind of blowing smoke up their backside, but an injury could happen. Another guy could transfer out, right? You, you do have to restock that room to a certain degree with playmakers. It, it got, you know, and really imploded by the portal and by graduation over the last few years. So, you know, maybe you don't come in with the, hey, we want you here. You're going to be a guy. Maybe for some of those, those those dudes, seeing Marvin Mims go even opens their eyes even more to where they're looking at a spot to where they want to go and be that dude, Josh. And you looked at Oklahoma and they had Marvin Mims. You're like, I'm going to go to OU. They got Mims. He's going to get a majority of the balls. Now you look and you realize, hey, Fruke's pretty good, but – I could go in there and be close to their number one guy right away. So, again, there's tons of negatives to, to Marvin Mims going in the portal. But, you know, maybe with him – or, excuse me, turning pro. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Marvin Mims turning pro. But there maybe is that positive in that one of these dudes that you're not as in on as you want to be and, and is just kind of thinking about you. Suddenly he sees more of an opportunity, Josh, and boom, that opens up a whole nother world of want to come play for you. I think that's a logical jump to make that Marvin Mims comes back. I mean, it's obvious Oklahoma has its number one wide receiver. And sure. 
Anthony and Broden, I don't know that either one of those two guys are the types of players that can step into Oklahoma and be Oklahoma's number one wide receiver, but it just goes down the, the pecking order, right? Mims one, mm-hmm. Farouk two, and then, you know, I'm, I'm coming in trying to be a number three, a number four, number five. Is As soon as there's one more name out of the equation, wide receivers, what do they like playing? They like the football thrown their way. And one more name out of the equation that you know was going to be a high-production guy, it, it does make Oklahoma a more a more attractive landing spot, I would think. I mean, I just think that's a logical jump to make for a lot of these guys in the portal. All right, we'll take our first look at the Air Comfort Solutions text line when we get back. It's a good 40 minutes of OU football talk from the addition in the portal that we learned yesterday of Rondell Bothroyd, the young man out of Wake Forest who's going to come in as an edge rusher. He would make, by our unofficial count, eight additions from the portal. Austin Stogner, Deshaun McCullough, kicker Luke Elzinga, Trace Ford, Reggie Pearson Jr., Jacob Lacey, Caleb Schaefer, and now Bothroyd. Of those, um, no receivers, but it appears to be the most focused position for OU in the portal. Looks like they might be close on Andrell Anthony, but with that in mind, you lose Marvin Mims, so maybe it goes from just adding one to maybe two dudes out of the portal at the receiver position. All right, when we come back, your text, and obviously we start to look forward to tonight's national championship game live from Newcastle Casino on the ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. We are at Newcastle Casino today. Um, I have I have been fighting, scratching, and clawing with the Air Comfort Solutions text line just from an actual – What's the word I'm looking for here, Josh? From a functionality perspective, I can't get the damn thing to work. Hmm. Let me ask you a simple question here. Go ahead. Are you you typing in the right email at the login section? Yes. It is telling me an incident has been posted to the status page. Well, that's interesting because I have that same error message at the top of the – text line right now and i mean we're still working but i don't know good all right what's uh give me a couple good ones by the way can can i just make this clear to the one guy who didn't get the joke eight billion people tweeted go be great marvin we can come up with something go crush it be the man i was just it was funny to me how it was eight thousand tweets you dope it's not like we're sitting here not every you know what i am so offended by society right now because no one has a sense of humor anymore. Nobody does, Josh. It, everything is offensive to anybody. It's not the case. You need to calm down and chill out a little bit. If you think that neither Josh nor I are sitting here rooting for him, then you're crazy. It's just funny to me whenever everyone has the same message over and over and over. <laughs> I, you know what? I might have even been guilty of it, too. I, I haven't even checked my tweet. I might have said, go be great. So it, it is a joke. Lighten up. We want Mims right. to do well. We're rooting for Mims. We love Marvin right. Mims. Yes. All right. So you said Brazilian Sooner had a good one. Brazilian Sooner did. Uh, it always seems like people panic when our number one wide receiver leaves for the NFL. I don't know mm-hmm. who will emerge, but Plank, someone always seems to. That's from Brazilian Sooner. Yeah, when Shep left, everyone was a little bit freaked out. Uh, in fact, while Shep was there, we never really had good depth at the receiver position, right? You know, kept waiting for Deron Neal to emerge, names like Jazz Reynolds, among others, that 
you know, just never really materialized. Uh, a couple of guys that like, there's um, I like the kid Edwards that we had for a while. I liked him a lot. Was it Edwards? I'll have to dig. He had he had one catch at the Sugar Bowl, and we had a great post game interview after OU and Alabama. Um, but yet, someone always emerges, right? If it's you know going from Broyles to Shep to Didi to CD, you know to you know what we've watched over the last few years, Marvin Mims, and I, you know, I remember on signing day whenever Mims men signed, he was a dude that came in with. Records upon records upon records, right? He had set the the yardage record or the touchdown record in Texas high school football, but yet there were other receivers that people seemed to be more excited about. So I like that Brazilian sooner. And you're right. You could probably do a a best of tape or CD or MP3 or whatever. No one uses dad anymore. But – you could probably do a best of Josh from shows that we did concerned about who will step up at the receiver position after X guy graduated, right? I mean, it's yes, it's a pretty consistent theme. So I'm there with you. Uh, I, I will say I do like it, it, it's a corny thing and it's a cheesy thing, but whenever you see someone that looks like they're embracing the challenge, what you what you see from Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson on social media gets you excited. But now let's let's see that carry over to the field, right? All right, Jaden Gibson, I I want to see more than you get mad at people on the sidelines. I want to see more than the one-handed catch in a highlight from practice. I want to see you go make plays, Nick Anderson. I want to see you stay healthy enough to where you can get more of an opportunity. And I think we all agree, you know, with a couple of guys coming in too that Oklahoma seems to like quite a bit. If Gibson and Anderson can continue to to grow. And develop, you know, you got two guys that absolutely positively looked the part. I think I've fallen into the trap a little bit with wide receiver of thinking that Gibson or Anderson should have stepped right in and contributed just because we've seen that at OU recently with both C.D. Lamb and Marvin Mims. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, okay, hold on here. You, you found the – it was um, Derek Woods. Derek Woods, Josh, that's who I was thinking of. Derek Woods, good find on your part. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine different receivers caught passes on that day in the Sugar Bowl. It's a who's who from LeColton Bester to Jalen Saunders to Sterling Shepard to Brennan Clay to Derek Woods, Roy Fitch, Jazz Reynolds. Who could forget? Tight end Brandon Green and tight end Taylor McNamara. Let's go. What a what an eclectic set of pass catching <laughs> targets. Uh, all right, quick break. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll get it rolling. Four zero five six five one three four three nine. Mine just doesn't like me right now. I'm sorry, people. I'm sure there's some incredible fire takes on there right now. Ah, your boy just can't see him. So when we come back. We mentioned 10 a.m. this morning. We're going to give you a full preview of the national championship game. Let's start inching towards next right here on The Ref. Are you rooting for TCU tonight, Josh Elmer? Is it a situation where you come away saying, I'm rooting for the Hypno-Toad, which for some reason I consistently try to call the Hypno-Frog? Which, by the way, good for them for taking a Futurama deal and just running away with it. 
yeah, no, I, I'm rooting for TCU, man. I think it's hard right. not to. You and I were having the off-air discussion, which it's always nice, right? Hey, we were having an off-air discussion. Now it's bringing it to the air. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know the masses really enjoy that phrasing. <laughs> it it doesn't feel like a Cinderella story to me. I don't know that I can get my you know wrap my head around the idea that really anybody that makes the college football playoff is a quote unquote Cinderella. To me, it's a little bit different than say your 12, 13 seed in the NCAA tournament. But having said that, there's there's no doubt, man. It's a it's a heck of a story. For TCU, it's a big-time surprise out of left field that they're in this spot playing for a national championship tonight. So, yeah, I, I mean, we can sit and debate and discuss whether or not it's good, bad, or the other for Oklahoma for TCU to win a national championship. I can't help but root for them because, to me, they are a heavy underdog tonight. And generally speaking, when it's not the Kansas City Chiefs playing, I find myself rooting for the underdog. Me too. It's hard because – I mean, at the core, it's a team that's never played for a national championship in the modern era of football. And it's also a team that, I mean, again, they were in a bowl game, but it got canceled. That has only four guys on its roster that's played in a bowl game that was unranked in the preseason. It has very Cinderella-like storylines. But I don't know, man. I've, I'm not trying to be like fun police or anything and – you can call it whatever you want. I'm not going to sit here and say, how dare you? This isn't this or it isn't that or it's definitely that. It's just this team has been on the cusp. They should have been there in 14. They got hosed by a brand. Ohio State got hosed by a brand, right? So I don't know, Josh. I, I'll tell you this much. I'm excited to see how it plays out, and when we come back, we'll kind of get into some of the keys that we see to a, a Sooner victory here this evening. <laughs> listen to me. A TCU victory here this evening. Hey, we talked about a Sooner victory and what it takes to get there, right? For the first uh, 45 minutes of the show, the news portal edition for the Sooners, the latest on Marvin Mims, Litcher Text as well, as we roll into Hour 2 from Newcastle Casino with the Plank Show right here on The Ref.